the Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, Ambush, and welcome to episode four of the Ask a G Anything Frequently Asked Questions of a Desert Tiger. I am your host of the DTP. My name is Colton G. That's right. I'm the one answering these questions. So uh, some of you who have maybe been with us for a while know that we initially meant episode four for to be for February, but Desert Tiger ended up growing a lot this year. We ended up connecting with more PR agents. We ended up getting a lot more artists um, pitches for the show. So a lot more interviews came our way, which is amazing. It's incredible. I'm so freaking stoked for it, to be honest. But one thing that it hasn't allowed us to do is to do part four, where we get to connect a little bit more. And I'm gonna be making an announcement later on about how we're gonna fix that in the future, as well as another thing that we're changing with Desert Tiger. But other than that, that's later. And this is now, let's answer some questions. All right, let's go. So first question is a pretty easy one. Who are some of your favorite musicians, artists, and pro wrestlers? So I know I've answered some of this before, but because we constantly are adding to the ambush, because we've grown quite a bit in the last few months, it doesn't hurt to answer it again. So obviously my top band is Iron Maiden. It always has been, um, always. Some of my other favorite groups are the Tea Party, the Headstones. Um, my three favorite groups in high school were Coheed and Cambria, Protest the Hero, and The Fall of Troy. I've actually got to interview one of the members of Protest, so that's pretty exciting. I've uh, always been a big fan of Lupe Fiasco, of the Wu-Tang Clan um, as well. So uh, a lot of like eclectic listening, a lot of artists, otherwise Curtis Mayfield, um, a lot of, you know, uh, Bobby Womack, so many various artists that I love. It's uh, definitely why we have a wide array of guests on Desert Tiger as well. In terms of pro wrestlers, the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, are the number ones. They are tied for number one. There is no one above them. They are my biggest inspiration inside of the wrestling industry. I'm also a big fan of those wrestlers who rewrote what it means to be a world champion, whether that's a Rey Mysterio, an Eddie Guerrero, a Rob Van Dam, a Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho, someone who also works inside of the music industry as well as a podcaster. So definitely someone that I'm a big fan of, as I also do a lot of those things as well. Um, next question. Do you have any advice for somebody who's looking to get into podcasting? I absolutely do. Um, do your research. So first off and foremost, what kind of niche are you going into? Are you going to be an interview show like Desert Tiger is usually? Are you going to be a storytelling show? What are other shows inside of your genre? What are they already doing? What's being overdone? What is not being done enough? What can you do more of to help possibly bring fans in? These are definitely things that you can research. You can also research what kind of microphone you want to start out with. Do you want to be an audio only podcast to start? Do you want to incorporate video at the start? Do you want to add it in later? What audio software are you going to use to record and edit your show? Are you going to be interviewing over online? What are you going to use for that? Zoom, Riverside. There's so many different options that research what 
style of show you're going to do and also research how you're going to put your show together. And then that way you don't just get um, stuck in the situation where you bought a microphone and you have to figure it all out as you go, because that's what I did. And it's not to say that that doesn't work, but it's definitely not the easiest way to go about things. And the more prepared you are, the easier this is going to be for you. Do you have any historical wrestling matches that you wish you could have refed? Um, every match. I want to ref every match. But I mean, uh, Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They had a bunch of like hour long, 75 minute long, 90 minute long matches. And to be able to do a match that's an hour or longer has always been a goal of mine. And to do it with two of the greatest workers of all time would be amazing. Other matches, easy choices are WrestleMania 3. You have the match that brought everybody into the building and Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Something that still is, uh, it rewrote what wrestling could be, it uh, set the bar. It made WrestleMania what it is today. And then you have the best match off of that show, a match that people argue is still one of the best matches of all time in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat again versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Big Macho Man fan, so that alone makes this match an easy choice. And just once again, one of the biggest shows of all time and one of the best matches off the show that is still remembered today. So those two matches are easily, easily something I would choose. You're someone who works out a lot. What are your workouts like? What's your meal prep like? What kind of supplements do you use? Good question. So as someone who is sort of training in the pro wrestling industry and someone who's trying to bulk up as well, I try to do as little cardio as I can, but I still do cardio because as I said earlier, I want to be able to do matches that are longer than an hour and otherwise. So I need to be able to pull that off. But at the same time, I'm trying to burn as little calories as possible. So I'm doing a lot more of just weightlifting and getting myself all warmed up than actually just running most of the time. And part of trying to gain weight is definitely those meals. So I try to eat, well, I try to wake, work out three to five times a week if my time allows. I try to make it that five because that's the best, but you also need rest days in there as well so that your body can grow, can recuperate, so you don't get hurt. So that's important. Food is also very important. They say diet is 70% of trying to build mass, of working out and trying to make a difference in your body. So I try and eat six times a day if I can. Four or five is usually more so what the actual number is just based on the style of work that I do and the fact that I forget to eat sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, like four to six times a day is what I'll eat. I try and eat um, a little bit over my body weight in protein, um, like one gram per pound or a little bit more than that, if you can, I guess, is usually what they aim for. I used to weigh out my food and track macros as well. I don't do that as much now just because I don't have a food scale, but I went to uh, one of those pre-made uh, food places um, I bought some meals that are about what I want to see. I look at them, I have those containers, and now I can take those containers and be like, meat, carbs, veggies, boom, we're there. We've got it. And 
I know what the portions are supposed to look like. And from weighing my food before, I also have somewhat of an idea of what my portions are supposed to look like. So that helps me out. Should I be weighing my stuff instead? Absolutely. But that's, I'll get there. But it's four to six times a day. And then to help with that uh, supplements, to help with protein intake, to get that number up there, protein powder, obviously the shakes. Um, for protein synthesis, for helping my body rebuild so I'm not as sore all the time. Branch chain amino acids and glutamine are what I use for that. And then for making myself look pumped and making it look like, you know, I've got maybe a little more jack than I am, citrulline malate and creatine to help build things up to make it look nice and good. And all five of those together, I feel like I've got a nice little combination with food, exercise, water, and I definitely need more sleep. Sleep is also an important part in rebuilding your body. And some people need to realize that. Who is your biggest inspiration? Well, there's a few options to this question. And the easiest ones are my mom and my mom's mom, my grandma Karen. So both of these women are incredible, have made major sacrifices for their families, for their children to try and help provide a life, to try and make sure that their children didn't have to go through some of the exact same experiences that they had to go through. My grandma, raised four children as a single mother while going and getting her nursing education. My mom um, didn't have a high school education for a long time. And it's she worked so hard to provide for her kids as a powder coater, as like working with livestock, with so many difficult, hard labor jobs. And she eventually went back to school and got her GED, and she even pursued her education a little bit further. She actually works inside of the medical industry now, which is pretty freaking amazing. I'm so proud of her. Uh, my mom is definitely part of what has influenced my work ethic and is part of why I just consistently am going and driving. And it's because between my mom doing that and cooking dinners, riding horses, making sure my sisters could get to ringette, everything else, I, so many sacrifices my parents made. And I love them so much for it. All right, Ambush, we're going to take a short break here. Don't you fret. We'll get back to this conversation right away. Before that, we need to take a moment to shout out the Hero Makers Movement and Podcast, a show hosted by Lori Nichols and Anne Chow, and they are bringing you lively conversations on important topics. Inspiring change in the world, one act, one word, and one dream at a time, and they're currently in season two, so they're continuing to bring you amazing conversations on a regular basis. You can find them in your favorite podcast listening app or service. They also have video form on YouTube and a wonderful website where you can find the nine traits of being a hero maker an incredible blog and so, so much more. So go ahead and search for the hero makers movement and podcast today. Next tattoo, that's going to be getting my chest colored. For those of you who can see, there's no color on it. And then after that, we're going to get a nice owl. And it's going to suck because the owl is going to be all over my ribs. That's going to be terrible. So that's why we're doing the color first. 
because that is something that's already half done and it's not gonna be nearly as bad because I already know what that spot kind of feels like. But we need to get it done. That's the goal. I don't know where we go after that though. Most played songs right now. Well, we have a couple options. So from Jack Kelly, I'm actually addicted to two of her songs right now. Love You and Lost in Space are catchy, super, super catchy and addictive. Uh, a band I've interviewed before, Ludic, has a song from the end of 2020 called Heart Emoji. Love it. And another shout out to my mom uh, who loves ABBA. I've been listening to a lot of Vu Le Vu. Ooh. Puppies, how are the puppies? The puppies are fantastic. For those of you who don't know, someone abandoned two puppies in the box of my truck recently while I was at the gym um, a week and a half ago on a Friday night. Um, the puppies have seen a vet. They were malnutritioned. They had some flaky skin. They're doing much better. Um, they are happy, healthy. They're with people who are caring for them and loving with them. One of them has a forever home. The other one's a little bit younger, so she's getting a little bit more training, experience at somewhere where she still gets to be warm and loved and otherwise, and she too will get a forever home as well. So that's how the puppies are. All right, goal setting. So Colton, with goals. You're someone who sets a lot of goals. So what advice would you have for someone who doesn't have goals? It's um, to say I've always been good at setting goals would be an absolute lie to you. To say I'm still good at setting goals, it would be lying to you too. I still have a lot of room to improve. I used to write down my goals daily. That's something I need to do a lot more of, getting the intention out, getting the ideas of what I'm focusing for every day is something that I definitely should be doing more of. Um, some of you guys know that I set a list of goals at the beginning of every year. Some of people think it's very lofty, but with each of those goals, I sort of break them down before I write them down just to sort of prove like, is this possible? I Can I pull this off? And I'm always willing to adapt my goals as well. So like even with a year like last year with COVID, um, a lot of us weren't able to achieve our goals. So it became more so of a do the best that I can to get towards some of these things rather than, a, oh my God, there's no way that I can hit this. I suck, right? So it's your goals have to be adaptive. And that also goes the other way. Um, some people always say like, well, I hit my goals. Where do I go from here? So you go further, right? It's I set some goals and I can go further. So this year I set a goal for play amount. In the first two months, I was already like 20% towards my play goal for this year. And I needed to increase that number to give myself something to shoot for because I was going to pass that number probably halfway through the year, three quarters of the way through the year. And... I need a reason to keep going. So I adapted that goal to go further, but say last year with wrestling where I got half the shows, it became less of, I need this many matches, I need this many events. It became more of, I'm going to get booked on every single thing that I can until I can't, until there is no shows. So I just did my best to get as much experience as I could in that time. And that's sometimes it is a lot of people see really lofty goals and want to set really lofty goals, but they don't know the steps that they want to take there. So sometimes if that's too freaking scary and you can't quite figure out all the steps, set the small steps, set the small steps. When you hit those, get that next year, 
then the next year. Work it like a ladder, the rungs you build up from there, and eventually you're going to be amazed at how far you've made it. Hopefully that helps. All right, so we've got one last question. It's a doozy. So before we get to it, um, we're going to make our announcements. So as I said, we're going to try and do more of the AGA here. And part of where the AGA started was the DT vlog, which hasn't been running for a while. And that's where we're going to continue the AGA. So some of you are like, but you just said it isn't running. That's because we're bringing it back, baby, once again. I know that I said we were going to do this in January, but between editing two episodes a week and adding video interviews to Desert Tiger, that started to take a lot of my time up with editing. So I found a audio editor for the podcast. I'm still going to be handling the video, but that takes me less time. The audio is what eats up the majority of the time for the show. So now that somebody else is doing that, that's gonna open up the opportunity for more vlogs, which means more AGAs, which means more connecting with you, the Am Bush, and answering your questions that you have for me, which is fantastic. Uh, the other announcement we have to make is some of you have sent this as a question, and I'm just gonna say it. Some of you have asked where, why the last two episodes of Desert Tiger have not had songs full songs inside of them. So there's a few different reasons for this. As the podcast is growing, as I'm starting to bring in more styles of guests, more pro wrestlers. This Friday, we have Natasha Garjulo, who is a TV and radio host, an actor, a producer. Um, we're adding a lot more variety and style of guests in Desert Tiger. A lot of these people don't have songs, so it's hard to play songs for them. And that creates an inconsistency in which episodes do have music, which episodes don't have music. And then there's also the factor is Desert Tiger has grown a lot. As I've mentioned earlier, we're starting to work with bigger artists, bigger PR agents, even some of the bigger labels. And part of that is, is there's a lot more factors when you work with those entities. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, there's actually two questions I need to answer. One from my sister, Colton, who is your favorite sister? Why must you ask me this question? I love all of my sisters equally from Kylie to Erica to Emma. Um, they're all wonderful. Kylie might get a small edge because she sends me really cool fridge art from my nephew. And, you know, I love that. I love that. I like giving him a nice little place to uh, display his art, even if he can't come visit me right now. So Kylie might get a small edge just because of fridge art, but I love all of my sisters equally. Last question. One of you hit me with my own last question. How dare you? How dare you? But let's go. All right, Colton, last question. Over the last few years of Desert Tiger, what has it helped you to learn about yourself or how has it helped you grow? And I totally backwards those words. As someone who asks this question twice a week, you think I would have uh, answers thought out or planned or would know um, what these is, but. The truth of the matter is, is Desert Tiger has done a lot inside of my world, inside of my life. Um, I was a very big procrastinator for a lot of my life, and Desert Tiger has forced me to not be that way anymore. Um, it has 
taught me the value of consistency, of hard work, of being persistent. Um, a lot of the opportunities I'm earning right now are because of being consistent and taking that time to make sure that I'm getting episodes out on time on the day that they're supposed to be out. I didn't always do this. I was dropping the ball a lot at the beginning of Desert Tiger. And my options were I can quit or I can go for it. And that's another thing I've learned about Desert Tiger is when I want to set my mind to something, I can freaking do it. It's there were so many factors against me when this started. And the fact that we're making the most of it, it's pretty crazy. Um, another thing that Desert Tiger has taught me is I've learned so much about the music industry from different perspectives, from different artists, from different genres, um, from different age is uh, artists from who are big or later on who are making albums now and who also have to adapt to the industry. The music industry is constantly adapting. That's one thing that Desert Tiger allows me to do is sort of keep a, uh, an eye, a, uh, a pulse on the heartbeat of the music industry and where it's going. And as someone who's putting together like a debut album right now, as someone who's toured with other groups, helped them release albums, this has taught me a lot more in how to make more of these moments and these opportunities, how to make the most out of your releases. Uh, otherwise, just so much more out of the music industry. Uh, one of the other things Desert Tiger has done, it has opened me up to music, uh, genres, artists. Um, when I started the show, I was not much of a fan, or I didn't think I was much of a fan of country music. And that's something that I've grown to learn to love over time or that I've learned that I love over time. I've started to dive more into not just country music, but rhythm and blues, blues music, jazz music, um, just all different sorts of sounds and styles and things that maybe I knew I kind of loved, but didn't have know like just how much love I had for it or Otherwise, so Desert Tiger has definitely opened me up and helped me learn more of what I can do, what I'm capable of doing, um, and just more of who I am, who I thought I was, and who I'm becoming. It's, it's definitely opened me up to the world. And that is probably one of the most beautiful things that Desert Tiger has done for me. All right, that's where we're going to end things today. I wanted to keep it a little bit short, but these were uh, some of these questions hit hard. Some of them need a little bit of explaining. So we did our best to answer some of them. Any of them that we didn't get to will be on AGA number five. That will be coming to you through the DT vlog. We'll probably release it on IGTV and other things as well, too. But hey. We'll get there when we get there for now. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I hope that you're enjoying yourself and I'm gonna leave you with this. Go out, find your roar, the thing, the passion in your heart, inside of your head that makes your heart scream to its fullest. Find that thing, your roar, and then let your roar out into the world. Let them know just how wondrous, how powerful, and how beautiful. You and your roar are capable of being because you are all three of those things and so much more.
I hope you know that. And until this Friday with Natasha Garjulo, bye-bye, Ambush. The Desert Tiger Podcast.